Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi ve salatu ve selamu ala seyyidil mürselin. Ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve baraka ve selleme teslimen kathiran ila yevmiddin amma ba'd. İnşallah as we move on uh, with our study of the book of wisdoms, the hikam of Ibn Ata'illah with Sheikh Abdullah Al-Kangohi's commentary. We move into Hikmah number 62, aphorism number 62, and it'll take us uh, two sessions to uh, discuss this one. Uh, it's a very small uh, wisdom. He says, Anta hurrun mimma anta anhu ayis. Anta hurrun mimma anta anhu ayis. Wa abdun lima anta lahu tami'. Anta hurrun mimma anta anhu ayis. Wa abdun lima anta lahu tami'. In your despairing, you are a free man, but in your coveting, you are a slave. In your despairing, you are a free man, but in your coveting, you are a slave. To put that simply, what he's saying is that anything that you become despondent of, that you lose hope in, that you no longer care for, as uh, the Americans would say, I don't care for that, then you have suddenly become a free man. If you can just stop caring for a lot of the dunya and you can stop caring for it in the sense that you can stop wanting it and desiring it and basically leave all hopes that it doesn't really give you the pleasure that you really need and that you really want, then you've become a free man. And in your coveting it, you are a slave. So if you are greedy for it and if you're really trying to pursue it and you have a lot of avarice and covetousness for it then you are its slave because it means you're going to go after it you're going to have to do the requ requisites for that so from our from our book it's in it's on page 215 it's from page 215 on the book so for those who are following so it's a simple idea but we need to practicalize it we need to contextualize it we need to understand how to apply this in our life so the idea is that anything that you lose hope in, what it means by losing hope in is that not that you try to get it, you try to get it and then you can't get it. So you're like, okay, forget it now because I can't get it. The idea of this kind of ayis is that you found something superior. So you said, forget this thing. For example, if you're really addicted to something or you really enjoy something a lot and it's something then you have to do. For example, Let's just say you like eating, you like eating out. So you're constantly looking for somewhere to go, for the new place in town, for your favorite restaurant, and you must go there, you must uh, go and patronize them once a week or twice a week. Now, at the end of the day, you may be very busy, but you still feel like you need to go. Uh, or it's a friend or something like that where you must go and visit them, otherwise you just don't feel comfortable or whatever the case is. That means you've become like a slave. Slavery here is in a very broad sense of the idea, which is that anything which you must do something for, that you can't remove the shackles of, that you need to do, otherwise you... Even though there's nobody over your head, that this is the idea, that this is not the kind of slavery that we're used to seeing where you're a master and you can't do anything else. This is actually probably worse slavery, which is kind of voluntary slavery. I know it's putting a very negative spin on these things, but the idea is that if you're forced to do something which is not worthwhile, which is not of that benefit 
not long-term benefit, it doesn't provide you benefit in the hereafter, then being slave to th those things is a really sad idea. That's why he's saying that you'll only become free once you start despairing of that, in the sense that you lose hope in that, that, you know, that I don't need to do that. So as I said that if, if eventually you become such a person that I don't need to go out and eat exquisite foods anymore, I don't need to look for new restaurants, I don't need to look for new cars to drive, I don't need to look for new friends to make, I don't need to look for people that I must speak to and not do any, you know, not be satisfied until I've, I'm speaking to somebody all day on the phone or I don't need to be on YouTube all the time or I don't need to be online or checking my posts or whatever all the time. Then you freed yourself to then, but what's the point of freeing yourself if you're just going to involve yourself in something else, which is also then going to chain us in a certain way. So that's the point. The point is that if you're chained to something which is of benefit for this world and the hereafter, then that is what really matters. As long as we can break our shackles, break the shackles of those things which are of no benefit. So, Abdun, that's why this lockdown has been quite crazy for a lot of people because they're so, they're just so much a slave to going to the pub, for example. Right? They're such a slave to going and hanging out with people that they've got nothing else that they can do for themselves. There's no worship they can resort to. I spoke to a friend of mine, which I have a lot of respect for, a few days ago. And mashallah, his worship is approximately seven hours a day. A very productive person. He's not just resigned to worship and that's it. He's a very productive person. He's got lots of work that he's produced and he's still producing and... But in terms of his salat, his Quran reading, and his adhkar and the awrad and everything, it's about seven hours. And he basically says that when somebody calls him, you know, he's like, okay, when can I get back to my adhkar? Right? Unless it's something to do with productivity. That's why this has been a huge test. This lockdown has been a huge test for a lot of people that, you know, I can't go and socialize. I guess it's a challenge in the sense that we can't go to the masjid, you know, in some cases where they close the masjid for, in some countries. MashaAllah, in America, there, there, there's, a, there's a church and a, a synagogue, I believe, uh, two congregations that took the, not sure if it's the county or the council or the state or the government to court. And the Supreme Court has actually given uh, a judgment in favor that religious organizations, uh, religious worship, places of worship rather, can stay, can stay open. And nobody has a right to close them down, which, mashallah, I think, you know, that that is some that is a place you want to go because that's for Allah. That relationship needs to be for the sake of Allah. So the pandemic is a really testing and a time to see what we're really associated with, what we're really slaves to and what we need to work on. I think that's that's going to be something that we need to we need to focus on. And may, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us success. So then he's saying that you're a slave if you're coveting that thing and you're free if you're despairing of it. So when a person, as I said, becomes despondent of something and he no longer makes an effort to go after that thing, he's going to free up a lot of time to focus on what is actually uh, most important. Now, what is the underlying point there is that you become despondent of everything else and then you connect yourself with the true one. All of these false ideas of the world, which means 
they're not necessarily false. I mean, food is not false. But what we mean by false is that it is not something that is going to benefit you in the long term, right? You need to fill your stomach, you get some decent food, and that's a good idea. But the whole point of this is that go and connect yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person does connect themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sense that everything they do has a purpose now, what it means by connecting yourself to Allah, that sounds like a very abstract idea. Like, what do you do? How do you connect yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The idea is that whatever you do, you're doing for the sake of Allah. Like, okay, does Allah want me to do this? Would Allah like me to be doing this? Would Allah not like me to be doing this? To make that kind of decision, to have a good intention. You still may be going to work to earn a living for your family, and that's completely fine. You may still be cooking, you may still be cleaning, you may still be doing all of these things. But everything is now done for the sake of Allah that you understand that's the only place where benefit comes from. Now, the benefit of that, so why, why should we do this? Right? Why should we do this is a question. I mean, why all of this effort? It is so tough for people to not go and eat somewhere, not look for a place to eat, not go online, not do this, not do that, or, you know, not waste their time rather. It's very difficult because there's just uh, a lot of chemicals which are released at that time and there's a lot of excitement that you get. So why, why should I give all of that up? The, the reason for giving that up is that when a, when a person cuts away from everything and does things only for the sake of Allah, not intrinsically for those things themselves, then then the, the true one will actually have all of creation submit to you. If you can make that exercise, which is the difficult part, if you can complete that exercise and show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our sincerity, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have things at your disposal. And I'm not joking, that is something which Allah will give you from where you never thought. You know, you, you will get to eat the good foods. You will get to have the good things in life without even making an effort for it. Allah will provide you them somehow. Now I know you're going to say like, how? Show me this empirically. It's something you have to show yourself empirically. You have to try it and you'll see that how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens it up for you. I, I was speaking to somebody else just uh, over a week ago and mashallah he, his daughter he, he managed to convince her to start focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's quite amazing the kind of things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up to them you know for example one thing that he did was he said that he spent he wanted to go for hajj so he had two cars he didn't have much other money he sold one of the cars so that he could go for hajj now they needed another car after they came back and he didn't have the money to buy a car. But mashallah, a friend of his who owned a car showroom, right? he managed to give him an extremely good deal and pay him, pay him later on. So when his daughter asked him, like, how is all of this happening? He's saying, well, it's because of you know, the efforts that you make for the deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up. opens up. That's exactly what... Uh, our commentators are saying here that Allah will then have everything at your disposal. Pretty much everything else then, right, in their own way will become your slave, which means that you will get access to the, these things without too much effort. That's why the friend I'm talking about, I find him so productive and I'm surprised that he can spend so many hours in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's only one third of his day 
spent in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nearly the amount of time or, or, or the amount of time that many people would actually spend sleeping, the seven hours, he, he, is, he is spending in worship in a normal day, not just in Ramadan. So everything else will become your slave and will be subjected to what you want. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide that. You see, what they say is that Anta ma'al akwan ma'lam tashhadil mukawin. You're going to remain with all the created beings until you start witnessing the Creator. When you then see the Creator, you won't need the created beings. I mean, you're still going to have to eat. Don't get me wrong. This is not some kind of extreme idea we're proposing here. You're still going to need to eat. You're still going to need to wear clothing. You still need to, uh, to drive and to use transport and things like that. But the point is that once your focus is on the Creator, then all of the creation will be at your disposal in some way or the other. So that's what it means that if you are a slave, if a person is a slave, he is then free of everything besides him. Meaning is a slave of Allah, then he's going to be free of everything else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you can only be a slave of the thing that you covet. Remember that. You can, on, I mean, I'm not talking about involuntary slavery where somebody is forced into slavery and beaten up. That's not the kind of slavery. We're talking about voluntary slavery here, right? Where we decide this for ourselves, right? And remember, anything that we do, it's a decision that we have made to do, generally speaking. If we've decided to waste our time, if we've decided to commit haram, if we've decided to engage ourselves in a haram relationship, if we've decided to get into a haram business, that is a decision that we've taken. You can, you can make all the excuses in the world that it's because of this excuse and it's because of that excuse. There's no way I can survive unless I do this or unless I do that. These are purely excuses. Because Allah says, I mean, if you're a believer in Allah, Allah says that, That whoever does rely on Allah, Allah is sufficient for them. Whoever does rely on Allah, Allah will provide them from where they did not expect. Where your least expectation is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will provide for you. Anybody who believes in Allah cannot be despondent like that. Some people actually intellectually, right, psychologically, intellectually, they've actually shut down all doors. There's a guy who called me and he said, this is what's been happening for the last 10 years or last seven years. I can't remember. It was a long period of time. So basically, I don't know if it was, I can't get married. I can't, my business is any, anything that I do or put my money in, you know, I don't get anything out of it. So then I said, okay, you know, maybe we need to start reading this. And he said, no, I've tried that as well. I said, maybe you need to start doing this. No, no, I've tried that as well. Right? So basically, anything that I could have said to him that, okay, use ruqya, use, uh, you know, do this adhkar for barakah, read surah al-waqi or whatever. He's like, no, I've done all of that. Now, to be honest, I mean, that person has another problem. Maybe while, if there is a person like that, because a lot of people are going to be wondering now, like if there is a person like that who is trying to do adhkar and, or says they are and trying to do ruqya and all of these things and they're still having problems, it probably means that they're doing something else which is very wrong in their life. Or there's some, something major that they've done that they have not made tawbah for, that they've not repented from. Maybe a blasphemous expression or something like that. Because at the end of the day, if somebody saying, oh, I've done that adhkar, I've done this and I've done that, nothing benefits me. It means that they've lost hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't think of anything else. He said, yeah, yeah, I know all that, I know all of that, I've done all of that thing. 
So then why are you calling me? You got hope in me, you got no hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But everything I tell you, you're actually shutting the door to all of that, saying that I've tried and and, and, and done done those things as well. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He'll He'll He'll give you. That means there's something else which is a hindrance. If you're trying these things and you're still not getting, it means there's a hindrance. Because remember, there's two things. I'm trying to get something, but I've actually blocked. There's some blockages. You have to remove the blockages. And the path of spirituality is such that is that the first, first thing that many, many of the, our spiritual scholars say, the first thing you have to do is Tawbah. Because when, if you don't do tawbah and the sins that are on us, they act as preventers. They remove the blessing. They remove the barakah. They make it actually difficult to worship. Once you do tawbah and the, the sins are lifted, then you've got clarity. Then you've got uh, purity. Uh, you, you, you've taken the burden off. Then you can actually go further. Then you develop your tawakkul and your sabr and your shukr and qana'ah uh, and all of these other principles that we're speaking about. The first thing is always going to be tawbah. So maybe this is what the it's just that we had a very short conversation. I wasn't able to explore it further, right? Because it's almost like he is calling for help but doesn't want to help himself, right? And very difficult because everything you suggest is just is just struck down. So once you start putting your gaze on the creator of everything, then the creation will diminish in your sight. You'll still be using creation, but you won't value it as much. You won't be hankering after the new phone. You won't feel bad in your heart that I don't have the next phone. You know, that's a very typical example of today. You'll, you'll have feel no guilt whatsoever. You'll feel no regret. You'll feel no loss. You'll feel no deprivation that I don't have the next, the next product, the next gadget. You'll feel no deprivation. If you have it, alhamdulillah. But if you don't have it, you'll have no problem whatsoever. And if you have it, you'll have it for the right reason, not for the wrong reason. Now imagine, just think, just think. This kind of life. What a beautiful life that is. Where you get things because you need them. And you never regret of what you do not have. You're never guilty, you never feel deprived of what you do not have. And when you need something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps you and you get it. What a life. When you have something, when you want something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assists you in, in providing it to you. And when you, whatever you do not have, you don't feel too bad about it. That's the life. I mean, that's satisfaction. Otherwise, what kind of a mental state, psychological state the person is in, where every night he has to think, I have to earn this extra money, I have to do this, getting themselves maybe into haram investments and um, haram jobs and haram desires and everything like that. What is the point of all of that? You see, the, the logic is simple. When you want something, don't, the reason you want it, generally speaking, is because you love it or you have to develop a liking for it, an affection for it, an attachment to it. Then after that, you have to, in order to get it, there's certain measures you have to take, which means you have to maybe submit yourself, right? We're not talking about some kind of, you know, conspiracy here that you have to submit yourself and you have to bow down in front of an idol and you know this is not that kind of a discussion this is submit yourself in the sense that you have to really like put yourself behind it um, and there's certain things that you there's certain hoops that you have to jump through to be able to you know to to to get these things and whatever that thing commands which basically means that th there'll be nothing verbal coming coming from there but Whatever it, requ it requires for you to be able to attain it, um, you, will, you will have to do that. 
um, you, you can consider that for maybe a career position um, you know that is going to be a bit more there's going to be a bit more clarity of these ideas in there because what you have to realize is that the reason why you have to do this is because when you begin to love something love is a very powerful uh, idea love is a very very very powerful feeling and a human sentiment when you attach yourself to something and love then it basically blinds you and deafens you so you actually stop seeing what is really beneficial and what is not because your object is this particular object of love now it's wonderful if the object of love is a beneficial object of love that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or anybody that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to love because alhamdulillah then that is what we want because when you love something you will do everything for it right and if you love the right thing and you're going to do everything for the right thing well that is the deen if you're going to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger and the deen and that is going to basically blind you to all of the other redundant ideas of this world wasting of time and uh, all the other haram pursuits then that's a wonderful thing now imagine if that love is for something else that then blinds you from the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from pure love of Allah and his messenger and the deen and you're wondering like why is it so difficult for me to uh, why is it so difficult for me to follow the deen you know there's many of us that's the idea like why is it so difficult It's because your love is for something else and when you love something else it blinds you to everything else it deafens you to everything else so you don't see the same pleasure in that because you think all of your pleasure is coming from your object of love it's a simple idea like why is the deen difficult for me is because the deen is not your object of love the religion, Allah and His Messenger are not your object of love because if they were, then everything else would pale in comparison. But right now the deen is, paling in is, pale, is pale in comparison because your focus is somewhere else. But Alhamdulillah, you at least have the feeling of guilt. So we can develop that and we can build on that. At least that means we got the faith in our heart to feel that why am I, why is this pale for me? Why is this not enjoyable for me? Why is this not the object of my love? But we may have never framed it in that regard. Maybe this is what will be helpful here, inshallah. To frame it in such that what is your major object of love? What is your goal in this life? Is your goal this life or the, the life hereafter? What is our goal? These are the ways to decide, you know, what is it that we want from this life? What state do we want to die on? You know, where do we want to see ourselves in five and ten years and maybe twenty years? What state do we want to see ourselves when the inevitable death of ours comes? That's a very powerful idea. What do we want to see ourselves? Where do we want to see ourselves? What should we have accomplished by then? When it's the last day of our, last hour of our accomplishment in this world, after which there's nothing we can add except reap the benefits or suffer the suffer the the the. the the, the difficulties and the problems of what we have sown before in this world. What, where do we want to be in that last minute of this life, after which it's no more? After that, it's all just decided. Where do we want to be? That's what we have to... If we think about that, we can understand what our real object of love is. Because remember, anything you love is going to make everything else pale in comparison. So if the deen is not shining if the deen is not attractive it means our object is somewhere else but how then do we make the sharia the object our our our allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger the object and everything else then subdues 
and everything else becomes away from our sight. That is through first, not just the dhikr of Allah, but first to get our orientation perspective right. Perspective is very important. If we don't even know that this is the way these things are, this is the way the life works, and this is the way the shaitan deceives us, where he, where we get ourselves engaged in other objects of love, then you can't even get out of it because we don't even know what the problem is. right? Because love is a very, extremely, love is a very powerful, very powerful idea. That's why a poet says, Al-abdu hurrum ma qana' That a slave is actually free as long as they are satisfied and content with what they have. And a free person is actually a slave. right? What legally may be considered a free person, we are free people. Are actual slaves as long as they continue to have this greed for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever, as I said, whenever you have love for something, you have to then obey it. You have to do things for it. You have to submit to it in a way. There's things that it will force you to do. Changes in your life that you'll have to make. And the reason for it is that it blinds you from everything else. This is the reality of servitude. This is what you call servitude. I have to watch that match. Doesn't matter if it's Salat time. I have to watch that match. It doesn't matter if it's the 27th night, it's the Taraweeh prayer, but that World Cup final, you know, was in Ramadan. So I'm going to miss my Taraweeh of the, of the 27th night or 25th night or whatever it is, because that is more important for me. Even though today you can actually watch it later. Allah's made it actually even easier today. You know, about a hundred years ago, if you, if you missed the match, you missed it. You can only hear about it. You'd never be able to see it again. But this one, you have to watch it live. Because there's something else about it being live. You know, you don't want to fall behind. Everybody else is going to know about it. And you're going to have to hear about it from others. You've not watched it live, so you did not get the information firsthand. That's all it is, isn't it? You just didn't get the information firsthand. You know, who won the bake-off, the British bake-off? Now, I must watch it to find out because I want to know myself directly. I don't want to have to hear it from someone else. Allah help us with these things. They're, they're, they're, they're very powerful. They're very powerful. Now, now, now think about it. I mean, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to continue this discussion in the next session. But just think about this. How repugnant, how redundant, how silly, how foolish, right, is a person whose master wants him to be the king wants him to be the master of other things. But he wants to be the slave of those very same things. His master wants him to be free. But he wants to continue to be a servant of these things. Subhanallah. His master Allah actually created the entire universe to be at his service, to be at his or her disposal. But then he starts to be of he starts to serve those very things which were supposed to serve him, and thus he becomes a servant of an extremely insignificant idea, something that we are just supposed to use to go through this life. They become a servant because they want it so badly, and they want more than they can chew.
الله أكبر الله أكبر so inshallah we will continue this discussion next time today this is all what we have and there's a lot here for us to be able to ponder over and inshallah benefit from so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the tawfiq and to make this easy for us to allow us to correct our perspective which is the most important thing so we stop here inshallah اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا اله الا انت سبحانك انا كنا من الظالمين جزا الله عنا محمدا ما هو اهله يا معدن الجود والكرم يا اكرم الاكرمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين ويا ارحم الراحمين يا الله we ask you for your special favors we ask you for your special favors we ask you for your special forgiveness Ya Allah, we ask you for your protection. Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen, Ya Khair Al-Mas'ooleen, O Merciful One, O Generous One, O Clement One, O Forbearing One, O Benevolent One, Your Benevolence, Your Benevolence, Your Generosity, Your Mercy, Your Forgiveness, especially of those sins that bring about, bring, bring about problems in our home, that remove the blessing from our homes, O oh Allah, from our families, from our lives, from our jobs, from our Iman, O oh Allah. Grant us an understanding of our faith. Grant us an understanding of the best way to approach you, the best way to worship you, the best way to devote ourselves to you. Oh Allah, we are so ignorant of, of the ways, the best ways and the most efficient ways to worship you. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love will benefit us in your court. Oh Allah, cause us to rise on the day of judgment among the good people, the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, the Salihin among the prophets oh allah we send your abundant blessings on our messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam oh allah protect us especially during these times remove this pandemic for us oh allah do not make us allow us to do anything in here which would be foolish oh allah allow us to do things in the correct method allow us to be the guides of others oh allah allow us to be forces of good change accept us for the service of your deen O oh Allah, bless all of those who are making an effort in this world to make it a better place. O oh Allah, grant them guidance and make them close to you. O oh Allah, make us of those who are forces for good in this world and keep away us away from forces, being forces of evil. O oh Allah, grant us beneficial knowledge and allow us to see the truth as the truth and allow us to follow it and allow us to see the wrong as the wrong and allow us to abstain from it. O oh Allah, protect us from illnesses. O oh Allah, and our brothers and sisters around the world who are being subjugated, O oh Allah, we ask that you grant them respite and removal of these problems and grant them ascendancy. O oh Allah, grant them power. O oh Allah, grant them safety. Grant them protection. O oh Allah, accept from all of us and protect us and especially our next generations until the day of judgment from all of the evil out there, all of the challenges, all of the problems. O oh Allah, accept this little gathering that we do here and all the other adhkar gathering. O oh Allah, allow them to be increased so that there's more people who are remembering you. O oh Allah, make this a majlis uh, purely and sincerely for your sake. And O oh Allah, make it a source of guidance. Make it a source of blessing. O oh Allah, make it a source of hidayat. Make it a source of, uh, of closeness to you. O oh Allah, accept from us and accept from all of those who make this happen. All of those who listen. All of those who take part. And O oh Allah, grant us the tawfiq to do even more. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Birahmatika ya arhamar rahimeen.